with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. I have missed you all. Uh, we were last on the air on Tuesday. We had a great show, fantastic dialogue, amazing guests, and, and the same thing on Monday. We had a great show. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank my audience. I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank uh, my co-hosts. And uh, all of you are unbelievable, uh, sponsors, guests, co-hosts, and listeners. Um, and it just keeps getting better and better, the show. We are now listened to in 22 different countries. We are on over 60 online platforms. You can find us all over the Internet. Um, and I, I'm just getting excited. Every, every time we come on the show, I get, I get so excited. I mean, it, it is such a great adrenaline rush and such a fantastic feeling, you know, sticking up for our country. And, and it's, uh, it, it, it's just the greatest. It really is. Um, I want to uh, talk about, obviously, uh, the new, our new media site. You can visit the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA dot com for any past clips, 24-7 breaking news coverage, and uh, past shows, all that good stuff. Um, I want to welcome to the show a um, very popular guy. He is profess- uh, do- doctor, award-winning speaker, professor, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and commissioner of Parks and Recreations for Maricopa County, Bob, Bob Branch. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic tonight. How about yourself, Rory? Doing well. Great to have you here, sir. I uh, also want fantastic. to welcome on the program uh, the the starter of College Republicans United and chairman of Republicans United, Kevin Dukeiper. How are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderfully and uh, doing better every week. How are you? Doing well, man. Great to have you here. Uh, we also have on the line businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political strategist, Bill Lambert. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How's you tonight, Rory? Uh, doing very well, my friend. Also believe we have Mike Peters on the line. Is that correct? Yes, that's me. Glad to be here. Thanks. From New York. How are you, buddy? Uh, doing fine tonight. Looking forward to the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my, the main story I want to get into, and, and this is obviously bothering a lot of people, because every fucking time we, we have to turn our TVs on and we got to see this shit. The Russian collusion narrative. Now Democrats, I mean, we knew all along they weren't going to accept the outcome, uh, you know, the way, the way it was. And, and they're saying they, they think A.G. Barr is arrogant and ignorant, doesn't know what he's talking about. Pelosi's making statements like that. And Democrats are refusing to accept the outcome. And, I mean, they are the definition of sore losers. I, how long did we hear these people saying Robert Mueller was their hero? It's Mueller time, baby. We heard all these stupid different sayings and slogans and how Trump was going to end up in prison and how uh, the smoking gun was coming. I, it's just on and on, nonsense after nonsense. And look at Adam Schiff. You know, he's still pushing the narrative. And, you know, there's various Democrats, including Adam Schiff, that are guilty of actual collusion. But let's face it, though, the double standard is so sickening and doesn't apply uh, to the left. Publican did it. Oh, God, all hell would break loose. And, uh, you know, just the swamp, just the, what these people are getting away with. It, it's constant slander. It's constant, 
constant um, ignorance. I mean, these people have no idea uh, what they're talking about, but the reason they do it is because they know their base is going to eat it up. They know that their base is so stuck on this Mueller, uh, this Mueller investigation that, I mean, it's like, it's like all or nothing. It's like, it's like they're hopeless with, without it. I mean, it, it's, it's sick the way channels, uh, CNN, MSNBC, politicians in Washington, Democrats have led people the wrong way for their own gain. I get your station has to make money. I get that you have to have a certain agenda, but the fact that you are 100% dishonest about Trump's accomplishments, you don't report when he does something good. Instead, you focus on the bad. And it's just on and on. And now they're going as low as trying to investigate Trump and his bid when he tried to buy the Buffalo Bills in the NFL. They are going on a fishing expedition. If you, I mean, if you want to know the definition of a witch hunt, this is what it is, folks. Donald Trump is absolutely right. I want to play this clip from Tucker, though. Uh, he puts this into perspective perfectly uh, about the liberal media and about where the real collusion is. Uh, one four. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. This evening we want to tell you a story about collusion, a real one, actual collusion that's currently in progress. There are no shadowy hackers or imaginary rendezvous in Prague in this story. There's not a single Russian spy or secret sex tape. There's nothing shadowy about the collusion we're going to tell you about. It takes place right out in the open on live television. This is a story about where your news comes from. This past Sunday afternoon, we learned that the Trump campaign did not collude with the government of Russia. That was the conclusion of Robert Mueller's investigation, an investigation that spent two years exhaustively looking into the question. This was very good news for America. We don't have a spy in the White House. But it was apocalyptic for the Democratic Party and their press agents in the news media. These are the people who would stake their reputations and their fortunes on the collusion hoax. And they were stunned. Befuddled politicians stammered on television trying to figure out what to say about the news. Viewers of liberal media outlets didn't want to hear anything about it. Huge numbers of them just quit watching immediately. Last night, CNN's 8 p.m. show lost nearly 50% of its viewers. For progressive channels, this was wow. a catastrophe. Something had to be done. So into this disaster stepped the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. On Monday, just hours after the collusion story collapsed, Pelosi announced that the Democratic Party would be switching gears. Going forward, Democrats would focus intently on health care, just like she disingenuously claimed they always had. Madam Speaker, did the, the Republicans help uh, Democrats shift the focus here from the investigation by the health care? We've never taken our focus away. Uh, I hope that it focuses the press on these issues. I hope the press focuses on health care, Pelosi said. She didn't have to ask twice. At CNN, they were paying close attention to every word Pelosi uttered. To Jeff Zucker and the anchors who work for him at CNN, Pelosi isn't just a politician. She's the leader of the party, their party, the party under whose banner Zucker has said he may someday run for office. When America's most powerful <laughs> Democrat speaks, CNN listens with pen in hand. These are marching orders. And the network swung into action immediately. The rundowns of every primetime show were scrapped and rebuilt. Gone were the segments about office towers in Moscow and Carter Page's spying and Don Jr. going to prison. 
in their place, long editorials about health care. The Democratic health care plan is sensible and necessary, CNN told us. The Republican plan, cruel and heartless. Between 7 p.m. and midnight last night, every show on CNN followed Nancy Pelosi's instructions. Every single show talked about health care, and every single one channeled Nancy Pelosi's views on health care. She could have been writing the scripts. Maybe she was. Nobody hit that topic harder than an anchor called Chris Cuomo. Cuomo was the son of the former Democratic governor of New York and the brother of the current Democratic governor of New York. He spends a lot of time telling you what a committed shoe journalist he is, probably because his instincts are so obviously political. Last night, the governor's brother read his party's talking points as if off a cue card. Close your eyes as we play this and imagine you're listening to a 30-second attack ad on the radio during campaign season. See if you can tell the difference. Our president said today that the GOP will be known as the party of health care. But it seems to me he left out a word based on his administration's latest move with the ACA. The president will make his party about removing health care. This president and his party have no plan to provide care to tens of millions if the ACA is gone. Why, why, why? Welcome to the new normal. They're taking your health care away. If you're waiting to hear the paid-for by the Kamala Harris for President Committee line, they left that out. They shouldn't have. The law requires it. But they did anyway. Don Lamont hosts the next show in CNN's lineup. As a person, Lamont isn't nearly as political as the governor's brother is. He's a local <laughs> news guy at heart, the former weekend anchor at a station in Birmingham. He's not into policy. On the other hand, Don Lamont has a very sweet gig, and he knows it. So when Jeff Zucker calls and tells him to talk about health care, he does. And, of course, he did. The president says the GOP is going to be the party of health care. Then why is his Justice Department saying the Affordable Care Act should be struck down? The president has said again and again um, that he wanted to protect pre-existing conditions. Is this another, yet another lie from the president? Yet another lie on health care. At no point did any of the anchors on CNN yesterday mention what was so glaringly obvious. In the space of just 24 hours, that channel went from the Russia Conspiracy Network to an extended advertisement for the Affordable Care Act, as written by Barack Obama. The viewers, those who remained, must have wondered what the hell was going on. Where's my segment about how Don Jr. is going to prison? I want to hear more about that. But no. On Pelosi's orders, it was Health Care Week on CNN. And they were back at it this morning, assiduously. Starting at 6 a.m. today, every single show on CNN's morning lineup and all through the day regurgitated Pelosi's talking points to the word about health care. Republicans will make you sick. Only Democrats will make you well. Every single show made that point. If you were stuck in the airport, it was like living in North Korea. A speaker bolted to the wall above your head, blaring an endless loop of propaganda you can't turn off giving House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and congressional Democrats just the opening they needed. And it puts health care for millions of Americans in some level of uncertainty and also jeopardy. What would happen? I mean, what would happen? What would millions of Americans lose? Just, just to be clear, yeah. Republicans do not have a plan to replace Obamacare. The fate of health care for more than 20 million Americans insured through Obamacare and Medicaid expansion hangs in the balance. As of this moment, Republicans have not offered a single new alternative to Obamacare. 
Uh, some people characterizing this as a gift to Nancy Pelosi uh, going into this next 2020 election. Get rid of Obamacare, says the Trump administration. Okay, so what's the plan to replace it? We don't know, says the Trump administration. Simply repealing Obamacare without uh, Republicans coalescing behind an alternative would throw the health care system into chaos. That is laughable. You read my mind. I wanted to get your respondent to the president saying that, that we will have a plan. Um, laughable. Noted. Laughable. We have no idea what they've been showing over on CNN for the past four hours. We had to turn it off at 4 p.m. But if we had to guess, health care. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting word from our producers. Okay, we have, I'm sorry. We have a news alert now. According to our producers who are monitoring the situation, both CNN and MSNBC are talking about right, health care right now. Healthcare, Pelosi's orders. What does that tell you? It tells you where your news comes from. So, they, you know, guys, this is really interesting, and I'll tell you why. Um, a couple things. You know, CNN, you know, let's face the facts here. CNN would not even be in business if it, if it wasn't for these airports. The reason they're still in business is because these airports keep their channel on. They have a contract with the airports. I've said this on my show before, and it's a known fact. And, you know, their ratings did crash by 50%, but in, like, private, obviously, households and stuff like that. But that doesn't change the fact that they're still in airports, and they're still uh, making the money that they need. Obviously, they're struggling, but I don't ever see them, uh, you know, coming to an end or anything. I I think that, you know, they they have more than enough to keep going. Um, and you look at you look at their ratings. You look at you know how it how it goes down. You know after uh, they've been spitting the, these fake narratives for so long, and just like we heard on some of the liberal media's clips, all they talk about is the bad about Trump. They never give him credit. All they do is try to counter him with some ridiculous policy, and, and, and they're obsessed with him. They're obsessed with him, but they can't stand him. They, they want to go after him in any way possible. And once he mentioned health care, what did they do? They jumped on it and started talking about it because they, they can't get enough. They, and they need to come up with some sort of plan uh, to counter Trump, but we know that's not possible. I mean, their plan is, is stuff similar to, like, Medicare for all. I mean, that's what the, their presidential candidates are spewing right now. It's just it's complete crap. And, you know, Obamacare is completely unconstitutional. And we have people trying to say, oh, we got to protect Obamacare. we got to protect all – you know, no, no, no. It's unconstitutional. It should have never been put in place ever. And that, and that created a whole entitlement uh, mentality for so many people in our country. It was disgusting the way people feel like they're owed something, and they still feel like it today. Oh, health insurance is a right. No, it's not. Health insurance is a privilege. It's, it's not a necessity. Um, and people pay big money to have great insurance. I will tell you that. Um, Dr. Branch, go ahead. Well, first, I'd like to uh, take the opportunity to welcome the half a million viewers that are not listening to Rachel Madoff tonight. Oh, oh to yeah, yeah, I Shotter wanted to say show. that 500,000, uh, she lost 500,000 viewers. That's unbelievable. 500,000 viewers. She was in tears doing her monologue. And I'll tell yeah. you what, yeah, I know that the Midwest is flooding. They don't need any more of Rachel Madoff's tears. But, mm-hmm. you know, my goodness gracious, and I hope that they're all tuning into your show tonight. Because I'll tell you what, they have been misled 
for two and a half years, and they've been misled by her every single night. CNN, 50% of their viewership is gone. I don't care what they say now. I mean, people have been arguing Obamacare now for seven years. I mean, right now these people are just, you know, they're livid. They have left. They have left the building. And I'll tell you what, we need to capitalize on that. We being Trump supporters, we need to move forward to 2020 because right now we have the ear of those people that have left. CNN, mm-hmm. CNBC, Rachel Maddow. It's it's beautiful thing right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it absolutely is. And, you know, we're looking at this, you know, uh, you know, closely, Dr. Branch, and, you know, there's so many people that have woken up there, but at the same time, there's a lot that haven't, and they're stuck in their ways, which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. They believe the narrative. You know, I, I posted today, uh, my brother actually last night came up with it. He called it, uh, uh, you know, with, uh, with the shift, right? He called him yeah. the shift stain. And it's, it's just like, you know, Adam Schiff doubling down on this whole narrative, doubling down with, uh, you know, when 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 his uh, congressional uh, board asked for him to resign, and he just doubled down on it. He, you know, there is something mental. You know, President Trump said there's something mentally wrong with him. There is something wrong with 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 Schiff. And these mm-hmm. people are buying off on the narrative. But let's understand, you know, 33% of America will always believe that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But the majority of us, you know, need to bring, mm-hmm. you know, Donald Trump home in 2020. As you said mm-hmm. on your show several times, you're, you're probably looking at two or three more Supreme Court appointments that he'll be making. I mean, this is, this is mega, and we got to move mm-hmm. forward with this momentum. And we're looking at right now, you know, uh, if this is any indication at all, which I think it is, uh, if you look at the latest Rasmussen poll, uh, Donald Trump has uh, jumped up up five points after the Mueller report, after his vindication. So he's now at 50% approval rating in Rasmussen. Incredible. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great day to be a Trump supporter. Oh, it absolutely is. And Dr. Branch, I think I find it hilarious that he's got nicknames for everybody. Now he named Adam Schiff uh, with, with pencil neck. <laughs> pencil neck. <laughs> That's incredible. I love it, man. And I love it. it. It is the greatest, I tell you. Um, Kevin, what are your thoughts? Kev, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's absolutely hilarious how the media story is that there's this big collusion between Trump and Russia when the actual story is the collusion between the Democratic Party and the media. And every single mainstream outlet is the same, the same, the same. You can always rely on uh, Tucker to give you uh, that full story. And uh, something i got to say about Trump is that he had once proposed earlier back in his presidency uh, proposing to have a, uh, a media outlets uh, run by the White House. I think he should go do that because there's really not enough media outlets out there. Uh, we would really like to hear the whole story, and it would just be icing on the cake for it to come out of President Trump. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Well said. Bill, go ahead. 
Well, it's interesting to watch the Democrats destroy themselves. They're destroying themselves within and, and you know, with the OAC and, and Pelosi. Don't think for a minute because they show a united front on television that there isn't heavy-duty dissension going on behind closed doors. And now they, they're, they're, they've been proven liars to the public. And it's kind of, you go back to what IQ said the other night, you only have to bleed off 2 to 5% of the voting population to where a Democrat is never elected again. And when you're looking at numbers like Maddow losing a half a million viewers overnight, and, you know, normal people, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a Democrat or a Republican, the normal person, none of that's going to sit well and they're going to walk away from it, regardless of what you you think politically. Uh, now, you're always going to have that, 20 to 30 percent, you know, crazies that are on the left, and we've got, you know, lunatics on the right, too. But, you know, the normal centered part of the the nation and that type of American mentality and belief system and moral standards, you know, like I said the other night, you might see a 40 to, to, to 11 state, you know, win by Trump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's. I tell you, it's quite something. Uh, Mike Peters, go ahead. What I think, I think something should be a tactic should be put into play right now. You've got millions of Democrats, Ma and Pa Kettle, the average Dem that's out there. Not the big players, not the Pelosi's and all the famous, all the stars of the Democratic Party, but the average people that are out there now that are alienated, that feel insulted. That, that it's been proven now that they've been misled, that they've been played. We should turn that into anger. Get them to be upset. And what, the best way that I could think of is, as Trump said, he wants to declassify those documents. Declassify the documents. Expose the SOBs for who they are. Really piss off the Democrats that are out there, the ones who support the Pelosi's and the Cortez's and all the idiots. So that they're going to turn away, not just from like Maddow, how we've seen a half million of them walk, but I already know some Democrats that have switched over to Republicans because they're fed up with it, with the games. And say, so, you know what, enough of this already. We've been played. Goebbels couldn't have done a better job. We've been played. We've been misled. Who's behind that curtain? Who's been misleading us and playing us? Turn the anger of the average Democrat against the party like this and demand, have them demand to, to see who's behind that curtain and who played them. And that would work in our benefit. Maybe that would be the final nail in their coffin. But the biggest problem that we have behind all of that, I think, is the money. All the foundations and Soros and all that stuff that's still funding all of the propaganda machine. And there has to be a way to go after them. So, anyway, it's complicated, but that's my feeling about it. Well, yeah, very well said. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, it just it, it's an ongoing cycle. Um, Dr. Branch, your thoughts? Oh, I 100% agree with uh, uh, Kevin and Michael. Uh, now, is, 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 is Michael our, our, our favorite Russian oligarch? You remember me, my uh, friend. You should yeah, remember yeah, me. Yeah. Come on again. Comrade. 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 Very good. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Michael, you're right. we we got to turn this in. I mean, you know, instead of the Reagan Democrats, we've got to make it. The, the, the Trump Democrats, we got to make these yeah. people understand 
that this is America. This is middle yep. America. This is making America great again, keeping America great. We got to turn it into this, this energy. We have to do it. You know, Kevin and his group, you know, of crew down there, man, they got to get energized. You know, they, they got to yep. get all throughout the United States with all the other te- uh, with all the other young Republicans and, and really get energized by this now because we need to do it. And I 100% in agreement. Very well said. Uh, we're going to go to a quick commercial. We'll be right back. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. All righty, we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast worldwide listen to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And remember, everybody, if you miss any past clips, past shows, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit our new media site, thenexgenusa.com. Um, I want to go into this next topic, and, and this has really been bothering me, and this is bothering a lot of people. And it's totally an abuse of power, and, and as corrupt as it, as it gets, um, John Brennan. John Brennan is one of the scummiest, nastiest, biggest disgraces ever to walk in Washington D.C. ever to ever to be there. I mean, this guy is un freaking believable. And we see all the abuse and all with the FISA, with, with everything that he uh, orchestrated and knew about, and, and totally. Uh, was doing deals behind closed doors to mess with our president. Uh, same with Comey, same with McCabe, same with Rosenstein, uh, all these various people. Um, I want to play this clip, what Rand Paul said earlier today uh, about what's just – he put this into perspective about uh, Brennan really pushing the Steele dossier. I mean, Brennan was one of the, the, the main players in, in, pushing, in pushing this and in, in getting it, uh, you know, out on the surface, so it would affect Trump's uh, candidacy, but only backfired on them. Uh, but let's play this real quick. Uh, one, three. Oh, no, hold on one second. Here it is. Bear with me. One, three. Here it is. President Trump calling to investigate Obama-era officials for their role in launching the Russia collusion probe. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky tweeted out last night this shocking claim, breaking. A high-level source tells me it was John Brennan who insisted that the unverified and fake steel dossier be included in the Intel report. Brennan should be asked to testify under oath in front of Congress as soon as possible. Senator Rand Paul joins us now to explain. Uh, Senator Paul, what more can you tell us about the lead you got? 
Well, my source tells me that the intelligence community, Obama's intelligence community, Brennan, Clapper, Comey, they were frustrated because they had this Russian dossier, but nobody believed it was real. It wasn't verifiable. They couldn't get anything of it. So they sent spies into the Trump campaign. They tried to entrap Trump officials to admit they were working with Russia. That wasn't working. And so they were frustrated, but they wanted to somehow get this information out, this Russian dossier, that even the media wasn't publishing. Nobody would publish it because it was so scandalous, unverifiable, and likely fiction. So finally they decided, well, what we have to do is attach this dossier, this fake dossier, to an intelligence report. So the president receives these intelligence reports, and they're, go they're given directly to the president. Well, what they do is they staple to the report the Russian dossier. So now Obama's officially seeing it, and then also it's given to Trump at this point. But realize that this is a big circle. They'd had the dossier for months and months. So when John McCain is given the dossier, it's given to him by people who may have leaked it from our government to John McCain, so John McCain can give it back to the FBI. Uh, I mean, it's a crazy circle, all trying to justify something that wasn't true, but extraordinary power of these people and extraordinary corruption. And they almost brought, you know, they tried to bring down a sitting president. This shouldn't happen to anybody. And when, pre I, when President Trump spoke to us this week, he said he doesn't want it to happen to any future presidents, Republican or Democrat, that the intelligence agencies use all of their power of surveillance to actually try to bring down a sitting president. Yeah, you say that Brennan Clapper and Comey were all frustrated. What's frustrating is they use this dossier, this unverified, salacious dossier, very scandalous, as you say, to try to take down the president. You tweeted out you have a high-level source. I doubt you're going to tell us who the source is, but I have to ask, who's the source? And if you're not going to tell me the name, how trustworthy is this person? You know, I think it, it comes from someone who has a great deal of information about what's been going on. Not everybody, I mean, nobody knows the complete picture yet. And that's why I'm in favor of, you know, the president has now said that he's going to declassify some of these documents. See, I believe that the dossier, you know, had been held by the FBI for several months. You know, Brennan starts his little group to investigate it. I believe at that time they did talk to President Obama about it. And I think they should all be asked. When did President Obama learn about this, and what was his recommendation? He's in charge of the government. Did he recommend that you try to spread the dossier throughout the government? Remember those reports right around the time of the election, right after Trump won, they were saying that Obama officials were spreading this information yeah. throughout government. They were spreading the dossier, and they couldn't gain traction, so then they released it to people outside government, reporters, who would write a story, and then they would say to the FISA judge, look, there's a story being right. written about this dossier. It must be true. It's a right. good day. Well, and it'll be interesting when you're able to uh, call Mr. Brennan in front of uh, Congress. That's going to be great. A member of Congress uh, got the attention of the president this morning in a tweet. I want to read it to you, Senator. Congressman Adam Schiff, the president writes, who spent two years knowingly and unlawfully leaking and lying should be forced to resign from Congress. What do you think about that? Pretty strong words. I think we should see the evidence. I think if you're on the intelligence committees or any committees that handle sensitive material, leaking that to the media is a crime and ought to be a crime. And we have certain rules for congressmen. So you can say things in public on the floor in the spirit of debate. You can't be uh, censored for that. But if you're uh, from a committee take hearing a classified hearing and then you're talking to a reporter about it, that is a real problem. It's one reason why whenever I go to a classified hearing, I don't stop and talk to the media immediately because I want to make sure that I've collected my thoughts and that I don't reveal anything that came from the classified hearing. But it does happen a lot. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it comes all throughout government. That's a sad thing. It comes from the Pentagon. It comes from the Department of State. Yeah. I talk to ambassadors, our ambassadors overseas, and some of them are afraid to talk to me on official mm -hmm. lines because they're being listened to by other yeah. members of our government. Yeah, and by the way, the Democrats are not buying the summary. Uh, they still think the president colluded just about to a person. They just can't get enough of this story. Yeah, and I think what's going to happen, and what I'm telling people is I'm okay with the Mueller report coming out more completely, but in, in addition, we need to have information on uh, Obama, White House officials, Comey, mm -hmm. Brennan, Clapper. That should be part of it, because the report is the conclusion, but the beginning is why did we get to the report in the beginning, and did someone misuse their office? So if Democrats want the complete Mueller report, I'm going to object until we get a complete report of all the Obama-era officials that got this thing started. Okay. You're not alone. A lot of Americans feel that same way. Thanks so much, Senator, for being with us. Jesus Christ, you talk about corruption. Oh, my God. Uh, we're definitely going to get into this discussion, but I do want to welcome our special guest, uh, popular talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, Daryl Kane. How are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm doing very well. It is such an honor to be with you, and, and thank you so much for slotting me in here tonight. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Daryl. Well, thanks for coming. I really, I really appreciate having you on. And um, tell, so since it's your first time on the show, I always ask my guests when they come on uh, for the first time to tell us about your life. Tell us how it all started, you know, your adventures, your bio, all that good stuff. Hey, that's, that's awesome. So, you know, uh, I, I hate to tell you, I'm a, I'm a pretty normal guy. Um, I grew up in, in an age where uh, there was a lot of social chaos, and I would say that uh, I love both of my parents very dearly, but I had maybe a less than ideal upbringing. We had a, you know, a broken home and uh, we struggled our way through those things and, uh, you know, stumbled my way through a state university and had a little bit of success in the private sector and started leveraging that to focus on uh, telling, telling a little bit of a, of a story politically to, to the American people. And I think that, uh, you know, my background can be surprising because I think that, a lot of times people perceive me as, uh, you know, being someone that went to maybe an Ivy League school or something of that nature. And uh, it's my little card in my back pocket when I get those privileged comments from people like AOC with their uh, fully subsidized Brown University degrees who are functionally illiterate and uh, got those degrees entirely paid for uh, by the taxpayers solely predicated upon their identity. So, uh, I'm, I'm a person now that has been observing these things, and, and rather than kind of embracing the chaos of the age in which I grew up in, um, I sort of found myself embracing a different path, and, and this is really what I call upon the young people of our generation to do. I think one of the, the big traps from the left is now the, the, the chaos, the dysfunction, the degeneracy is so prevalent that in a way we're all sort of touched by it. And the, the natural reaction then becomes to be defensive. You know, anytime someone suggests r restoring a sense of order, uh, you know, and I, I use the example of coming from a broken home as, as a prime example of that. You know, when, when we talk about things like uh, restoring the traditional family, it's not because we're attacking our parents or, or trying to belittle people that, or, or in a single parent household or these types of things, it's simply a recognition that, uh, you know, the sort of laissez-faire social attitudes 
uh, which started in the 60s and certainly permeated into the 70s, 80s, and and really uh, bore its its full ugly head on, you know, my generation and and certainly your generation, it's at a time where it's time to just really reject these things and and really just have a cold reboot and get back to the the basic fundamentals of of, uh, structure and order. And, uh, you know, it starts with us. And and my message is really primarily for for young men, and it's about challenging young men. Uh, The the retraction of male leadership has occurred on a global global stage, and it's going to come down to guys like you and Mr. Kevin DeKuyper and, you know, the the good men of your generation that that have had enough and, and are willing to uh, step forward and embrace the the day and seize that moment. And and I think we have to recognize the fact that we're all coming at this from uh, you know very asymmetrical backgrounds and as a byproduct of this chaotic age. And you know we're all going to have baggage of different types. And and it's not so much about where you're starting. It's about where where you want to end up. And, uh, you know, my message is for anybody that wants to get this thing back on the right track, um, get with me and uh, join my men as we encourage each other to better ourselves and, and in that process cultivate the leadership traits necessary to, to fill that void, uh, which is, I think, uh, gaping, to say the least. Oh, very, very well said. Wow. Very nice. Uh, I, I, do, I, have a, I do obviously have a lot to talk to you about. Uh, a lot of responses, uh, definitely. Uh, but I want to, I want to get in. Uh, I want to continue the topic we were discussing, and I want your point of view from this. You know, after hearing the clip with what's going on with um, John Brennan and, and all that stuff, I mean, how do you, how do you view this whole thing? You know, with, with how they spied on Trump, how they how they completely abused their power, the Obama admin. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a, a prime example of something I talk about a lot, which is kind of the, the multiple layers of irony. And with any leftist narrative, uh, you know, there, there's at minimum three or four layers of irony and, and usually several more. And, and what usually ends up happening is the, the irony and the BS is, is packed on uh, so high that, you know, we sort of take off one layer or two layers and we almost – we get tired and we never actually, you know, get to the root. You take take something like uh, you know the take a knee movement in, in football, and and we start talking about you know free speech before we we get down to the fundamentals, which is that the, the fundamental premise of the Black Lives Movement is false. Uh, it is not consistent with a uh, factual appraisal of reality, and not only that, it actually stems back to the Obama administration rubber stamping the movement. Uh, sending his DOJ into finger law enforcement, and uh, this is really another prime example of that. So, so yeah, la- layer one of this thing is that uh, yeah, this was a bunch of nonsense. Uh, layer two is the the blatantly criminal behaviors of the Obama administration, the Clinton uh, you know candidacy and campaign, and all of these types of things. So. So I, I absolutely am in favor of, of not only peeling these things back, but I, I want to get back to things like that that commission on, on presidential debates, this allegedly uh, bipartisan group. You know, I don't know if you remember that, that first debate with Lester Holt, but even before the story broke, questions at face value 
it was a new low. I mean, we know that there's a leftist slant from the moderators, but, you know, he was alternating from lobbing softballs to Hillary Clinton and then, you know, basically knifing Trump in the groin. And then, and then, you know, we find out after that 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 not only not only was that the case, but but in fact, Hillary was actually given the softballs prior to the debate. So why don't we investigate yeah. these things? You know, let's let's go. Ahead. So there's this is just the, the tip of the iceberg, and that we need to be uh, applying that. You know, not only should does this administration not need to be investigated, but we need massive investigations of the entire Democratic Party. Um, and, and particularly the, the various lawless and, and, frankly, at times treasonous actions of the Obama administration and obviously the, the uh, Clinton campaign in conjunction with that. Yeah, no, I agree. Very, very well said. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it goes so deep. The corruption has been going on for so long, and that's why they call it a swamp. I mean, it just it, – it's years and years you know, built built up of constant uh, dirtiness. And, uh, you know, I agree Trump is making a huge difference. He, he can pretty much take out a lot of it, but I, I, I don't think he can ever take out all the years and years that's built up there. But I, I know he can do a lot with, with uh, exposing a lot of these people. But uh, I'll tell you, some of these people that are still getting away with what they're getting away with is, is baffling. It's baffling, and I can't even properly fathom it. I mean, I, I, I sadly, I take that back. Sadly, I can because I, I understand the double standard, but it literally seems like a, just like an altered universe, if that makes sense. It, it does. I mean, it, the thing is that well, we, we have to, and, I, and I'm sure that you're, you're aware of this, but just to really underscore this for your guests, I mean, we are living in a sort of a neoliberal order. And you really can't uh, understate the the level of their authority, you know. And, and you can even look at the fact that you know here we have the presidency, here we had control of the government essentially unilaterally after 2016, and yet by all intents and purposes, it feels still feels like we're the resistance party, right? And and that's because of the left's dominance of of everything, you know. So so even when we take the presidency, we still have the media institutions. We have, you know, corporate America. We have we have all of the institutional authorities lined up against, you know, the the uh, Make America Great agenda and and really the our movement and our people. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it is it is a, a a very tall order. I certainly commend President Trump for for doing a very admirable job with it. But uh, you know, this thing is it's you know, and I, I do think Bannon's quote about it being the the top of the first inning was was a pretty good quote. I, I sometimes think that it was almost like the bottom of the ninth inning, and that we somehow put a rally together and tied this thing up, and we're in extra innings now because I, I do sort of feel like it's a sudden death scenario to where you know you know as well as I do had Hillary Clinton been elected, I mean we were pretty much we would not have you a could pretty left. much put a fork. Yeah, I mean the the, the next time they get the football. Um, you know, or the next time they're up to bat, they're looking to put us away. And, and, you know, our movement, I think, needs to take on a similar tone because we have to recognize that uh, this isn't really about slow playing at this point. We sort of had a, a stay of execution, but uh, we, we have to take this threat very seriously and, and move in a very proactive way that is, is really very different from how the party had been behaving certainly prior to, to Trump. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, Dr. Branch, go ahead. Well, I, I, I thank your guest. Uh, you know, let's, let's make no mistake about it. Um, what Ron Paul was saying today, what President Trump said last night on Hannity, is nothing less than a coup. Uh, you had the head of intelligence. You had Brennan. You had Clapper. Uh, and you had, uh, what did you call him, pencil neck shift um, for the last two and a half years. You had Brennan coming right out of the Obama administration saying that uh, President Trump was in the pocket of the Kremlin. Now, let's look at if none of this happened, what the first two years of President Trump's administration would have been like. Healthcare would have been taken care of because he, they cast a huge doubt, even on the Republican side. These people were concerned. Well, is there really intelligence? You know, the swamp was fighting uh, President Trump. Now, if that didn't happen, you know, many, many other great things would have happened in the Trump's administration. You know, in fact, I think right now the way that President Trump should be responding to, well, you didn't do this in health care. Well, you've been spreading lies about me for the last two and a half years. You know, your heads of intelligence, there was a coup. There was a coup staged by none other than Barack Obama, his administration against me because Hillary Clinton didn't win. Now that it's exposed, you're exposed. Get out of my way and let's make this happen. Let's fix everything as I had promised during my, you know, campaign. As I've kept all of my promises, let's let let's let, let this happen. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, what your guest has said because it's absolutely true. Um, but we have to get energized with this. We have to make people understand that that cloud is now lifted. All the Republicans need to get behind this president right now and make things happen. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: uh, the fact that uh, you have you have people that got away with this for so long, and I was thinking about this in thorough detail earlier today, and it, it totally makes sense. And I thought of this before, and it adds up. You know, Democrats. of the time, they blame Republicans of what they're guilty of. Adam Schiff, people probably heard him on the call, talking to a Russian operative, trying to get pictures of Donald Trump naked. The Russian guy, Frank, called him. Obviously, it was a fake call, but Adam Schiff fell for it. You have Hillary Clinton, who sold our uranium to Russia, who had all this different contact on on emails to Russia. Uh, Seems like what we're learning now. So adds up. Don't you agree, Dr. Branch? totally adds up it totally adds up and we have to look they're accusing you know the the president not just the president but the president's son everybody that has anything to do with the president and adam schiff today when you know he was challenged to step down his little speech had no ground had no merit and as you said i mean any political person that is told that they're going to get dirt on their opponent is going to listen. I will listen. I mean, I'm a, I'm a politician. And if I'm running for an office 
and somebody says, well, you know, I got dirt on this person, first I'm going to look at the credibility of the individual. I'm going to look at the credibility of the dirt, but I'm most certainly going to talk and find out what they're talking about because the people have the right to know. And to me, you know, it was a trap. We've seen the Steele dossier was a trap. We've seen how Brennan passed it around now, you know, according to Rand Paul, passed that dossier around, gave it to his, gave it to a dupe, you know, John McCain, and John McCain then turned around and gave it to the FBI. Now, listening to Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham said, listen, John McCain contacted me, said, I have this dossier, you know, I'm going to turn it over to the FBI. And Lindsey Graham said, well, that's exactly what I would do. Well, Brennan knew that. These people knew what McCain would do. You know, they're playing chess, and McCain fell right into it, and he delivered that dossier. Now they said, well, here, John McCain delivered this dossier. Obviously, you know, we got to take a look at it. And, you know, it, it was played out. It was planned. It was orchestrated. And, you know, Rory, you know, it was a coup. It was a silent coup. It was a coup. And you know that the media is being not being used. The media is 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 culpable. They're part of it. You know, that that's that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's playing out right now. And to me, yeah, we no. have to right now hold these people accountable. Lindsey Graham has to bring these people before the Senate, before his committee. And they have to make these people held accountable for what they said. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Well, that's an absolutely hard act to follow from your panel, I got to say. But if there's one thing that Trump has done most successfully uh, in his uh, career as president is that he's really exposed and even taken down the credibility of the media. But it doesn't just stop at the media. You see it now in the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, uh, the Democratic Party, and everyone that they affiliate with themselves with, uh, the corporations. I mean, it really just shows how deep this deep state goes, and it's just as Trump had warned us. And so uh, now that we've really had exposure to what this uh, government system, this deep state system is really like, well, I think we have the tools now, and we have the proof in our, our, our hands in order to are persecuting. And uh, uh, one of the most exciting things about uh, voting for Trump is I, I wanted to hear him, maybe not just you're fired, but I want to see some uh, some real persecution, like you're jailed. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Absolutely. Um, let's go to uh, Bill. Go ahead. Well, I think that, the, you know, seeing how the, the Congress is, we, we had 60 members of Congress retire that were Republicans. And I think that yep. they were part of the, that, that's, that's probably the single reason why we didn't gain in the house too. If, if half those don't retire, we still hold the house now, but the 90% of, of the elected officials are corrupt. I don't care what side you're on, you know, it, you know, probably higher rate on Democrats than Republicans, but it, it comes out, and and what the 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 way they the reason they're all getting rich and lying in their own pockets and their families' pockets by doing this, and they all know the 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 corruption on each other. So you know it's either you don't throw any rocks or the whole glass house shatters. And you know Clinton said it best herself. You know if this guy's elected, we're all going to hang. 
And I, I agree with Bannon. I think that we are in the – we just got done with the top of the first inning. And and now we're coming up to bat. And I really believe because they were so – thinking of themselves as so omnipotent that they mm-hmm. didn't – they didn't – these crimes are so obvious once real minds get in there that – and the, and the the same belief system they they had this this delusional belief that somehow they could create a a bureaucratic uh, bureaucracy bureaucratic coup to remove the president and they they because they don't think that that the laws apply as written they think they apply as they want to interpret them so they thought that they could legitimately remove trump and then they could still cover their their own asses because that was what the plan was with Clinton. Clinton gets elected, all this gets covered up, we take control of the nation and put the population in a state of, of oppression to where only the elites gain and the, the rest of the, the population goes down into a poverty-type level where you have to become dependent on the country in order just to live. Yeah, no, very well said. I agree. Uh, Mike Peters. Well, I think even even exposing it, it's not going to accomplish anything at this point until the American people, the voters that are out there, wake up and they really understand what's in front of them when it comes to the dinner table. And I think to do that, you could take it in segments and look at uh, you've got an audience that's out there that's dying for information that would get behind it and actually be enraged, outraged if they saw who was behind and had everyone admit in the government through an investigation what happened with Fast and Furious and how the ATF was manipulated with the Department of Justice through Obama to mislead, to lie to the American people, to push for more gun control. Every gun owner in the country got millions of gun owners. Now, even if a percentage of those actually stepped forward and started screaming bloody murder, once that was exposed... That would also help open up the door for other things. So we'd start getting the attention of the people that are sleeping on their feet and paying rent at the same time. Uh, and that's what we have to do is get the American people, wake them up enough because they're not, the outrage just isn't out there. Even when they see with our own courts and the prosecutors like this Jesse Millett thing, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I don't see the outrage out there. People don't understand it. It's above them. They move on. They're too busy with their lives we haven't engaged the public enough. We haven't got the, they, they're not mad enough yet to really yes. make a difference. And, what, and, and let, let's face the facts. What Brennan did, what Comey did, Cabe did, what Bruce Orr did, what Rosenstein did, everybody in the Obama admin that was involved, you know, this is so beyond, uh, you know, political party and who you yes. stand for. This is about the, uh, the rule of law. This is about honesty. This is about, you know, uh, exposing the corruption and, and, not, and taking, yep. you know, the side of, of the innocent person, not, not the person that is guilty out there and, you know, uh, throwing out, throwing, I mean, putting out all these fake investigations. But, you know, it, it's crazy what, the, what they can get away with, the left and what Obama's admin uh, did to Trump. Because imagine if somebody did this to Obama, all hell would break loose. You know, Mike? They've used these ministries, these little ministries, whether it's the FBI, DEA, or anything. They're like ministries. And they've 
manipulated them and turned them into political agencies. And people don't understand that. They're making their own laws and everything. They're out of control. Trump's really got to reel in a lot, a lot more and stop them, stop them. Look what they did. The FBI became a political entity. It's, and I know, I know uh, FBI agents. They told me they were disgusted. They were disgusted. The regular agents were disgusted. They couldn't do anything. So, yeah, and, and that's another thing. When you have people that put, uh, you, know, got, you know, different restrictions on what you're allowed to do, you have all these politicians that have all this authority, and it's just it's, – it's disgraceful. It doesn't allow – uh, these people that uh, to do their jobs properly because of all these different uh, stipulations and different uh, restrictions. It's it, it's mind blowing. Uh, I want to I want to go to uh, Daryl. Uh, your thoughts, Daryl? Yeah. So you know, and I, I do want to just briefly respond. Um, first off, and what what an honor it is to be a part of everyone here on this panel. Uh, Dr. Branch, you said some very nice things about me, and I, I echo those about you, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, this, this situation is, is totally out of control. As you said, we, we talk about the rule of law, and I think that there's an interesting question, which is why isn't uh, more of the public outraged about this? And, and the reality is, is that we have a, a nonviolent civil war, and we have a process where the country uh, is being inverted. And, you know, there, there's a certain faction of the population uh, that is seeing themselves as the benefactor of this process. And, and so for them, uh, you know, this is, I think, a bit of willful ignorance and, and that, you know, this speaks to the, the inherent division in the country and this nonviolent civil war that we essentially have and that the two sides uh, really are not are not so much reconcilable at this point in time. And, and what we've seen from the enemy is that, uh, you know, that they have no interest in reconciliation. And and really, we saw from the Obama administration, and, and I think we saw what we would have seen with the, the Clinton administration, which was, you know, the executive branch and the judiciary being used as sort of a vice on the American people. And, uh, you know, they, they essentially want to replace us. They want to push us out, and they want to uh, push us down and, and, and away to the back pages of history. And what we're dealing with is a, a, a new sector of the population, which has been uh, sort of recruited and farmed by the left, that, uh, you know, things like the rule of law and these types of conversations, they, they really don't care about these things. They're fixated upon identity and victimology. And, you know, this is, a, this is the reality of what we're dealing with, that these people, uh, this, this, this certain percentage of the left that has been totally brainwashed by these things, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily expect them to respond to something even as egregious as this. I think that a certain percentage as the sort of uh, neoliberal order decomposes, a certain amount of them will sort of naturally gravitate into this conversation, but I think it's really more about emboldening our base and connecting with our natural allies and uh, building the strongest possible movement because uh, this is sort of a winner-take-all scenario. There, there is no place for us in, in their future, and uh, you know, I think that we all know that we are a compassionate people and that this was not the road that we necessarily wanted to go on, but this is the reality that you're dealing with. When you're locked in a cage uh, and there's a knife in the middle of the room and the other individual has made their intentions clear at a certain point, uh, you have to be the one to get to that knife first. And 
I hate to use some graphic imagery, but but that's really what I think. I mean, I, I think that right now we have the executive branch. We're holding the big stick. And uh, yes. at least for the next two years, we need to be uh, applying the full might of the executive branch to do everything that we possibly can to uproot and upend the, the liberal authority and to uh, remove as much of their power as we possibly can going into things like uh, Hollywood and academia and, and really disrupting the status quo there and, and causing trouble. We need to be launching investigations. Uh, I've made this point before where uh, you know, I've said that academic reform starts with prosecution, and we're we're joking around about this gender identity stuff. But let's have a frank conversation about this. When when you're telling five and six year old children that gender is a theory, six or seven years before they're old enough to have a sexual identity, that is sexual abuse of minors. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, any school teacher and any any academic institution that's complicit in, in these types of attitudes, teaching these to children, follow-up is not acceptable. And we need to start uh, talking about these things. We need to start investigating Hollywood. I mean, I, I, wrote, I crafted a letter to, to Jeff Sessions. I had some, some contact in, his, uh, in his, you know, his DOJ, and I don't want to beat up on him too much because I, I actually think that he did actually some, some positive things. I know I'm on a little bit of an island with that. Certainly on the, the uh, investigation, he certainly dropped the ball. Uh, no arguments there, but when the Harvey Weinstein story broke, uh, you know, we had this, this was one of those moments where there was a collective euphoria in the conservative movement because we had sort of caught the enemy with their pants down. And uh, that's exactly right. But, but I also saw very early on that if we did not use this opportunity, okay, to send the feds, to send the DOJ into Hollywood and to start kicking the doors down and to start investigating uh, you know these these cabals of, of deviancy that that exists there, and uh, you know the, the, for, forget the sort of the the girlfriend sleeping with producers. I mean, you have rampant pedophilia of young boys that yep. is uh, yep. prevalent in Hollywood and has been the standard and is you know the norm there. And that that not only was that a fleeting opportunity to do that, but that if we in fact did not act quickly on that story it would soon be co-opted and made to fit their narrative of victim feminism and that's exactly what it did it was made this thing that was really you know political gift to us um, became something that was just a further weapon for the left and i think that speaks to their political opportunism being quite a bit ahead of where ours is so so this is a great moment i think for the president to just start really uh stirring things up and and that would be what what my encouragement to him would be would be to spend the next year next two years waging utter warfare on uh, you know the, the leftist authority because you, this touches the media right I mean it doesn't just touch the government but you have the media that's right. peddling this thing I mean this is an opportunity to to move in on on sort of the mainstream media and and start a conversation about putting some uh, restraint on them. And, you know, and their ability, and now you see social media reacting to this, and they're trying to talk about uh, white supremacy, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we need to start putting some pressure on them about the, the sort of attitudes that they're allowing to um, flood their, their platforms. And, and so that would be sort of where I would want to go with this, is to get really aggressive and to go on offense for, for the next two years, certainly. And, and I think that that's how you, how you retain the presidency as well. I don't think you sit back on your, your laurels. We have to be taking ground. 
And let, let's not forget what, let's not forget that. And I think this is very important that I say this, these, these cases like Harvey Weinstein and all these Hollywood situations would have never came out if Hillary Clinton was elected. President Trump had such no. a strong impact on these corruption cases being uh, becoming public. All this, all these different narratives that that came out and exposed some of these bad people. Uh, it, it is because of Trump and and his movement. I mean, think about how close the Democrats are with people like Harvey Weinstein and all these people in Hollywood that they cover for. Uh, it's a very, it's a very sick business. And you know, Democrats. I will tell you something. Democrats always contradict what they say they stand for. They say they believe in science, but they believe in 20 different genders. Come the fuck on. No, you don't. I mean, you don't really believe in science if you believe in 20 different genders. Because anybody that knows science knows there's only two genders. They're the dumbest fucking people. And then you got, oh, believe all women. Believe all women. Believe all women. But when it's a conservative, oh, she's lying. She's lying. She's lying. I'm so sick of these fucking people. Excuse my language, but I tell you, I wake up on a daily basis angry at these fucking people. I go on a, I just get so, it's just like how, how the stupidity that lives inside these people, the ignorance, the, the the anti-American attitude, uh, just, it's just like, who the, who are you trying to, and you know what the worst part of these people are? They think they know everything. They're condescending little fucks. Sorry for my language. But I, it's the truth. These people do not stop. And the minute you win a conversation with them or a debate, oh, you're a racist. You're a Nazi. You're anti-women. You're anti-gay. It's, when does it end? When do, these, when do these fools, these little little soy boy wimps pay? When do they pay? Here, here. You know, it's like I try not to let I try not to let these guys get to me, uh, or you know the, the left wing ideology. But I tell you, uh, my country is extremely important to me, and, and these sort of scenarios are just unacceptable. And you know, they some of these people, a lot of them on the left, said, "Oh, I'm going to move to Canada if Trump wins." Well, look, you're still here. You haven't left. You're just talking. And it's a cesspool. It really is, Daryl. The liberal ideology is a cesspool. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a cancer. I as, absolutely... as the title. Go ahead. I I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say it's exactly what uh, what I termed in my book: cultural cancer treating the disease of political correctness. It's it's exactly what it is. And, and sorry to uh, jump in on your comments there. Oh no, you're fine. I do got to quick take a quick commercial. Uh, we will be right back. Um, Bill or Dr. Branch or Kevin, do you have any final thoughts on this on this subject? Well, well I, I I think you have to instill a a, a public uh, uh, a reinstitution of the public confidence, and the only way that you can do that is is by all these people built, being held accountable in in a in a very public and and way. So you, I think Trump is doing exactly through the American process and we're just starting to see where they are going to be held accountable. 
They, but we have to go through the motions of we can't, we all, you know, we, we press buttons and we get money and you put a key in a car and you go real fast and, and you want to get, you know, over to Europe in six hours. So we want everything right now, but that's not how the American system works. But I think by, by what Trump's going to do to rectify this and, and get the American public's trust back is by a very thorough, very you know, extensive investigation into all these realms. And I think, like I was saying the other night, I think within two or three months, you're going to start seeing some indictments start to trickle out and it's going to pick up and it's pick up and it's going to build up the ladder and go up the ladder and up the ladder. And and that's the only way you're going to get the public's mindset back into an American way of doing things and thinking and trusting the government once again. Short of that, you're never going to gain that just by ideas. Exactly. Very well said. Kevin, go ahead. All right. Well, what Daryl says is absolutely correct, and the approach is absolutely correct as well. But we got to think about what the Democratic Party would respond to this, the party of oppression, of victimhood. They would scream at you, intolerant, bigot, you need to be uh, reeducated. Um, and then this is uh, tolerance is absolutely the last virtue of a dying society. We need to be intolerant of all these things, and we need to act on them, and we can't let these people censor us because we have a, a few that they call intolerant. And it's, it's reached the point where uh, saying uh, this uh, clearly a man is a, is a um, masquerading as a woman, calling him a man is uh, so intolerant could get you shadow banned from, from Twitter, for example. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I agree. Uh, Dr. Branch, go ahead. I'm just sorry that we didn't spend the first 20 minutes of this show apologizing for being men. The way that Biden just did, the way that Beto O'Rourke just did, (laughs) and you've seen Bernie Sanders do it. I'm telling you right now, if Donald Trump (laughs) – I'll tell you what, if if you – if you do not have President Trump elected in 2020 and you We're have done. one of those three men, we are done. You know, listen to what Daryl said. It, 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 it is. This is a revolution, and there's no doubt about it. And the first people that the left wants to take out of the, the – is us. And I mean yeah. now you have Beto, Beto Francis, Robert Francis, Beto O'Rourke the Irishman, you have Bernie Sanders, and now you have Joe Biden getting on TV and apologizing for being a man. For being white. You know, <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Telling you what, they're taking us out of the picture. That's what they want to do, and they want to take us right out of the picture. And if we don't wake up – now, I'm not just talking men. I'm just talking America. If we don't wake up these these, these Marxists, these communist socialists, they're going to take over, and it is going to be the end of the game. And I'm telling you right now, it can't be. It just can't be. We have to fight this. And all America has to wake up and say, listen, they're just insane. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And here's the scary, here's the scary part. You know, an example of black privilege, if, if it has, it doesn't exist. White privilege, black privilege, it doesn't exist. But let's just say for argument's sake it does because the liberals think it does. The minute you say uh, black privilege, oh, you're racist, you're racist. But they can say white privilege all day long. It's just I can't stand these. They're like little 
they're like little bugs. They're just like little. Ah, God. Um, let's go to. Uh, actually, actually, we gotta take a quick commercial. I want to let Mike Peters give some final thoughts on this subject. Mike, Mike Peters, go ahead. My feeling about this, I mean, I, as I said it in the beginning, we're all saying basically the same thing as I mentioned. If we were able to use these investigations to motivate, to turn around the Democrats that are out there, and which will help them realize that they've been bullshitted, that they've been, you know, the propaganda has been used on them. They've been misled and use these investigations to expose the people in what yep. they consider the Democratic Party. And embarrass the Democrats. It'll divide, put a divide between the uh, Pelosi's and all the politicians and the average run-of-the-mill Democrats that's out there. And that's what we have to do, separate them to get them back onto our page. And also, I think that'll motivate our side, the Republicans, because I'll tell you, parts of this country, I'm very active with the Second Amendment groups here in New York. And I'm in Westchester County, New York. The apathy that I've seen among conservatives, Republicans, gun owners, is unbelievable because they've been beaten down by these liberals for so long that, I mean, when they passed the SAFE Act, the guys would tell me, yeah, I got an AR-15, Mike, but you know what I want to do? I'm going to keep it in the closet. Nobody will know I have it. I'll be all right. What? They don't have any fight left in them. We have to give them some sort of an incentive. Let them see the investigations that are out there so that they see that there's a chance and put the fight back in them because apathy has taken hold in a lot of parts of the country. So investigations will definitely help. We're going to go to a quick commercial, everybody. Uh, we'll be right back in about two minutes. Stay with us. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. All 
All righty, we are back. This is the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. You can find us all over the internet, everybody. And make sure um, to visit our new media site, if you haven't already, uh, the Next Gen USA. That's B N E X Gen G E N USA dot com. And we will be having a lot of things. Um, to look forward to uh, about the, about our new media site. Many people, many notable names will be having their own shows, having their own columns. Uh, we have definitely have a lot to um, uh, to work with. A lot of great stuff happening for sure. And I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I want to get I want to get back to um, some of these subjects and these topics. You know, it was it was announced that Devin Nunes is sending a criminal referral to the DOJ over Spygate. Um, you know, I'm curious to see where this goes. I obviously have a good, I have a good feeling about it. Um, but I, I, I tell you, with, with these investigations, sometimes it's, it, it's, it's so tricky and unpredictable, especially with how much these people on the left have gotten away with things, you know? What are your thoughts, Dr. Branch? Well, I'm glad that it's happening, you know, and to me, it's a long time coming. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I, and I know that uh, Mike, the, our, our, our favorite Greek, would tell us what the Greeks would do about some of these people. Uh, but, but I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm glad that it's moving forward. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's and that's what we got to do, and that, and that's exactly what has to happen. And, and we just saw today, uh, you know, there's a new report out, which, uh, this, you know, this isn't surprising at all. And, and people on the left want to roll their eyes at this, but uh, you know, we're not. That's for damn sure. But Hillary Clinton uh, repeatedly stated that the 55,000 pages of documents she turned over to the State Department in December 2014 included all of her work-related emails. She even declared under penalty of perjury in 2015 that she had directed that all my emails on ClintonEmail.com in my custody that were potentially, that were or are potentially federal records be provided to the State Department. So there were People have to understand this, and this is totally separate from Devin Nunes. But just to go, just to show everybody what we're dealing with, and I'm reading this, the whole batch of emails that came out this week of Hillary Clinton, uh, the fact that more media outlets aren't picking this up and paying enough attention to it is, is sick because they'll go after Trump for the smallest things uh, that, that has no merit, and it has, it's just a witch hunt and fishing expedition. But when they have a sufficient legitimate story and situation about you know somebody like like Hillary Clinton who's who's like their their uh, you know they all they all protect her uh, it's just like it doesn't even it doesn't get nearly enough airtime uh, Daryl how do you view this well you know as a Patriots fan I do have to make a Spygate joke when I hear about uh, Spygate investigations I get it gets it sends a tingle <laughs> up my spine. But <laughs> giving me uh, night- nightmares remembering all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we do we have to be extremely aggressive, and and I think that this is a great time to remind President Trump of uh, maybe his his most appealing campaign promise, which was lock her up. So maybe now that we've yeah. gotten this fishing expedition out of the way, we can we can get back to getting the real witch 
where she belongs, which is behind bars. Amen. Yeah, and that, and that's what you know. That's what needs to happen. But sadly, we've been, you know, here, you know, we we keep hearing that you know Hillary is going to go to jail, and you know, from so many different people, and it just it doesn't happen. It's like. I don't know if she's paying people off. I don't, if I had to guess, I think that's probably the main reason. I can't think of anything else. This woman gets off with crimes that we'd be in prison for 30 years for. Um, and so did Obama, the Obama administration. So it's just constant. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Well, I think that the, you know, I don't, I don't, I really don't believe that Trump could do any preemptive things while the smaller thing was going on. It, it, the media and the Democrats, and you think they're screaming about obstruction now. If he had done anything like that, then that's why I think that's I what agree. Bannon, I think, is is alluding to of being the top mm-hmm. of the first inning. So uh, you know, uh, you know, Clinton ain't going nowhere, and I think that 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 she's the, a weaker link in the chain of things then people think that she's strong and is going to, you know, be tight lipped and never say anything and never, never give up the, I think that, that when it, when push comes to shove, she's going to be, be just by vindictiveness, naming names and saying, you know, and saying things that she shouldn't say. And I, I like I said, I think that in the next year we're going to see, and that's the that's the again that's the only thing that's really going to instill a, a public confidence to get back this country back on the right mental track. Here. no, I agree. I agree. Kevin, go ahead. Well, I saw the latest poll with the President Trump. He has a 93% approval rating within the Republican Party, and I could only imagine that uh, if before this next election, if he were to lock Hillary up, it's shooting all the way to 100. So uh, I think we, we do have enough evidence to not just get her, but to get everyone uh, or most everyone below her. And uh, that there's just no better campaign promise to be fulfilled than just to lock these people up. Yeah, and in Hillary's situation, I tell you, there's nobody else that gets better special treatment. You know, this woman, uh, you know, when they found, they found these emails, I believe it was yesterday, but basically they got – they got 5,000 of the 33,000 that they're looking for. So still, we're not just talking about hundreds still missing. We're talking about multiple, multiple thousands that are still missing. And I can't believe um, the way, the way DC has, I, I mean, I can, but at the same time, it's so sad to hear it and just scary at the same time that we have so many evil people that get away with whatever they want and, it, and they have all the power. It, it's just, it's crazy. It's mind blowing. Um, let me go to you, Mike. Mike, go ahead. No, I agree. I mean, it, it's it's amazing, but I think you said, as you said, it's mind blowing. But I, I think it also makes it confusing for a lot of the people that are out there. I, I just right, I'm right. Sorry to sound like I'm such a pessimist, but I I don't think everybody really gets it. What we see and what we understand, and and it's it is mind blowing. But I, I just. Yeah. Don't see that they get it. And as long as these but, people control the media, they're not going to get it. I I got to make a quick correction. Sorry, I, I, I said it wrong. Uh, Judicial Watch has now received 756 pages. Oh, so it's not even in the thousands. 
what I what I was reading and, and meant to say was the production of the documents in the case is now concluded with the FBI being only able to recover or find approximately 5,000 of the 33,000 government emails Hillary Clinton took and tried to destroy. Wow. Wow. Go ahead. Did, 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 I mean, I mean, I mean, Mike, Mike, go ahead, Mike. The Department of Justice should start going after her. You set her, use her as an example, and it's going to be like turning on the lights in a room with roaches. will be running everywhere to hide. Do her first, nail her, and then start going after the rest of them and expose all of them. Clean it out. He yeah. said he was going to drain the swamp. This would do it. Yeah, it, it, I don't, you know, the, the fact that, um, you know, I, I really think that, you know, it's true that the the Republicans are going to, like you, like I think you said this earlier, Mike. The Republicans are going to throw throw out, like you know, uh, put together a bunch of investigations. You know, put forth a lot of different things on the table uh, that you know we didn't deal with for the last couple of years because we were so caught up in the Russia thing. But uh, now, uh, you know, the gloves are off. And I, I've said this on the show before, and I'll say it again. But every time a Democrat puts out, you know, some bullshit. Uh, investigation republicans should counter that with like two or three investigations into the democrats make them scared make them you know don't let them because let's face it republicans in politicians in our senate and congress they're not the toughest people i mean trump trump is 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 beyond tough trump trump can take anything but how many times have we seen republicans uh make deals with the democrats how many times have we seen republicans uh give in but Trump is absolutely right when he says, look at how the Democrats usually stick together. We don't have that same uh, situation in our party. We have so many people, not, not people, not voters, but politicians in D.C. that are so uh, – they're just not on the same page. And that really needs to change. The rhinos need to go. You know, this is about the people. This isn't about you know, these politicians' self-interest. Uh, Daryl, I'm sure you can speak on this. Yeah, well, first off, I, I want to say that the biggest benefactor of, uh, of locking Hillary up is probably Bill. Maybe the only downside is that he gets off easy, which is, you know, his punishment in life is that he has to finish out his days uh, next to Mrs. Clinton. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right that we, we have a we, we have a real um, problem with the party, with the, the old establishment, the rhinos, as you put them, just really being just timid and feckless. And I think that you're right also to, to speak to the fact that the Democrats, the left is, is unified, you know, and, and, and we constantly have this, this side that is wanting to sort of, um, you know, slow us down and to kind of show that we're the, the, the you know, the, the better, the more morally sound men because we're not going to go along with this fully. Again, as I said earlier, this is a, a nonviolent war, and the left gets that. They're all in. Um, when it's time to battle, they're all in line. There's no ideological diversity within that party. Everybody has the same line of thinking. And, you know, we need that same fierceness in, in our movement. And, and this is a process that has begun, and it's not fully finished yet. Um, and, and we need to encourage, we need to encourage the, basically the, the removal, the retiring, however you want to put it, of this older generation of conservatives that just don't get it, you know, and, and, and sort of they're trying to project what the future of this party looks like. And, and you see it there, you know, their version of a, a hip young 
Republican Party that's socially progressive <laughs> and chasing after the diversity and these types of things. And, and these are the things that the base and the youth, we're, we're rejecting these things. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we don't necessarily want to want to demonize – some of these are, are, are well-intentioned people. They just kind of grew up in a different climate. They grew up in a, in a sort of, frankly, normal political environment where you had two parties that sort of represented some different interests but ultimately fell under that roof of the flag – uh, you know, respecting the military, respecting the borders, and and they, they their minds I don't think are fully acclimated to what we're dealing with right now, which is a a leftist movement that is just completely subversive to everything that's American. Um, I mean, you know, I, I look at what what a a future looks like if the left wins this thing, and to me, it's essentially a, a satanic theocracy. And political correctness is is the inversion of our uh, you know our Christian American values. And when you start at that premise and you recognize the, uh, you know, the sort of God-fearing values that are, that are instilled in our culture and our nation, when you talk about mm-hmm. inverting that, and political correctness is not just a little bit different. It's literally 180 degrees diametrically opposed to who we are. And if we think of ourselves as a, a godly country, the alternative from the left is, again, as I put it, a, a satanic theocracy. So, yeah, get, the, get that generation out. If they, if they don't understand what's going on, if the, you know, there, there's this line in the sand. And if you're playing for a, a marginalized future, because that's the thing. I mean, if you look at the trajectory, we all have our – both sides have their own inherent – um, assets. You know, we, we have certain things. We have religious institutions. Uh, I would say that our women are considerably better looking than theirs. You know, they have the academic institutions and they have sort of time on their side to where they're looking at the trajectory of the trends that they've put in place. And, you know, we need to recognize that that urgency and, and sort of what that does to the Republican Party is it puts this pressure on us in terms of how do we align ourselves? Do we look to where the future is going? Do we look at the trends and the attitudes of this, you know, millennial generation and do we say, well, you know, they're more open to communism. They're more socially progressive. They're more open to, uh, you know, sexual deviancy and these types of things. So so do we do we reverse engineer a Republican Party in reaction to that or do we seek to apply leadership? And I think that you can see how that strategy plays out, the strategy of capitulation and chasing after the left. And that's California. That's what that strategy looks like, a Republican Party that is completely irrelevant and tries to trot out gimmick candidates that they found working at their local Chipotle and attempting to be relevant by ticking some boxes and uh, falling further and further away in a, in a process that uh, – a gap that they're never going to be able to close. And, and in Arizona, you know, you, you guys are, are sort of – you're looking at this, and I know the urgency that you guys have there as a border state because you recognize that – you know, what has happened to California is on your horizon, and it's on the horizon of states like Texas as well. And, you know, as Texas becomes a, a purple or, uh, you know, even even far enough down the future, potentially a blue state, uh, you, you'll never have a Republican Party that is remotely meaningful at that point in time. So, so we need that urgency. We need to recognize what this thing is. And, yeah, we need guys that are ready to fight and are ready to fight today to change the future, not to react to it. Very well said. I, uh, I do want to go to a quick commercial. Uh, we'll be right back in 30 seconds, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. 
Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. All righty. We are back. The really Sodder show worldwide, coast to coast, listened to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, you can always visit our media site, our brand new one, the next, N-E-X-G-E-N-U-S-A.com. Um, I want to get to something that's been bothering pr- pretty much all conservatives um, on social media. Um, just everything the left has been doing with these various platforms, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, it's not that it's hate speech coming from us. It's not that it's bigoted. It's not that it's derogatory. It's not that it's hateful. It's simply because these leftist owners of these sites that are overseeing it don't agree with our opinions, and they don't want us exposing the truth. They only want to go off of a certain ideology. And the minute somebody questions them, they start flipping out, they start banning conservatives, they start, you know, pulling all of this nonsense. It's bad for business, quite frankly. If you really want to know, it's really bad for business, considering, I would say by, you know, definitely at this point, the majority of the country is for Donald Trump. You know, even though 50% came out in the Rasmussen poll, you know, I know that's a good poll, and I know it's uh, it's always been the most accurate. But I would say the percentage of Trump supporters is closer to 65, 70%. I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but I, I strongly, you know, think that, you know, considering what's going on at CNN, they lost 50% of their viewers. Rachel Maddow lost 500,000 viewers after the Mueller report. Uh, it, 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 all of this is, 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 is uh, turning on them. It's really backfiring on the Democrats, but I'll tell you, the the power and the 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 ammo that social media has and the influence it gives people, uh, it's beyond powerful. It's scary how it's it dominates our society. It really does, and people don't even really read the newspaper anymore. I mean, all of their information is pretty much uh, received online. So you know Facebook is going to pull this, and Twitter, uh, right, right about. I mean, they've been doing it for a while, but they're really uh, slaying the smackdown now that political season is right around the corner. Uh, and just all of these foreign entities that are influencing Facebook and giving them money and telling them what to do, and you have all these people even in America, like George Soros, giving uh, big tech, you know, dirty money. And I want this to end. And I think Donald, sadly, sadly, I will say, you know, these owners on these sites have their own guidelines and rules. So I don't think it's ever going to end in its entirety. But I think Donald Trump, like 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 he has said before, he wants to take on big tech. He wants to make sure that everybody's treated fairly. I do think he can make a significant difference and basically put forth something that kind of kind of meets people, uh, I guess, at a reasonable. A level uh, with some of these companies, but at the same time, 
Uh, I don't think the the total the censoring is going to totally stop, but I think we can make some improvements. Dr. Branch, what are your thoughts? You're you're very heavily involved in technology. Well, I look at it, and, and you know we've talked about this many times, right? Uh, especially yeah. Facebook, and now Google today came out and said, yes, we have yeah. the, the the algorithms right. and, uh, and the shadow banning, right. but it's not as right. bad as. Facebook. If I, right? Dr. Branch, if I if I may real quick just say one thing. Uh, Facebook banned today white nationalism and white separatism. Let, let, let's get something straight. Let me just say this t- for everybody to hear. They are only doing this because they they want they, they know that the that the left uh, eats it up. They they know it, it's it, it's throwing. Uh, derogatory, you know, uh, and un- and untruthful and hateful comments at conservatives. I mean, this is what they do with, when they don't agree with our ideology. This is what they do when they don't like our content. This is what they do when, when they want to change our speech. They try to label stuff as white nationalism and white separatism and, and try to put labels on it and say they're banning this. But what they're really banning is free speech from conservatives and any sort of conservative ideology. Let's face it. Without due process, and that's yeah. that's that 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 is terrible. And you just seen Microsoft today say that they seized, you know, many uh, websites. And to me, they're being judge, jury of what America is hearing. Uh, they're mm-hmm. banning freedom of speech. And to me, you know, it's really not acceptable. Uh, and, and and I know that the rest of your guests would say that. And the, the re- realization is these people, they create a platform, a new way of communicating. Now, understand, like you just said, Rory, this is how many people now get their news. Many people go out and they listen to blog talk radio. They listen to uh, you know, different streaming online media to get their information. They don't believe, they don't trust the left media. Now they go out, and now it gets banned. And to me, without any due process, we are, you know, people are taken down. We are branded, uh, you know, and, and, and to me, it's unacceptable. You know, after Charlotte, you know, President Trump came out, and he condemned them, condemned them. But they keep saying, well, you know, he said that there's good people in, in those groups. No, what Trump, President Trump was saying, that there's good people on both sides of the argument of taking down statues. There's good yeah. people on both sides. You know, and, and to me, you know, I look at Robert E. Lee, you know, not, not only, you know, did he serve 33 years in the United States, in the United mm-hmm. States Army. But he trained most of the generals that fought against him in the Civil War, and the barracks at West Point are still named after him, and he, is, he was the superintendent. Now, understand, I ran for superintendent of public instruction for the state of Arizona. He was the superintendent of education for West Point, and to me, he was an American hero, and to brand him uh, and he helped in reparation. He helped, you know, after Lincoln was assassinated. He, if he was the villain that they say he was, he would have went right back to the South. But he didn't. It was like, okay, let's heal as a nation. He helped this country heal. 
you know, uh, Arlington National Cemetery was his land. It was his home there. And to me, yeah. to ban, to, to brand us all this way, uh, you know, unjustly is, is just mm-hmm. ignorant. But the, then again, you're dealing with a lot of people on the left that, mm-hmm. you know, are, are not educated. As Daryl said that, you know, uh, you look at AOC that just got a free ride to Brown because of not her, her brains, but what she was. And to me, that's what you're dealing with here. People just will believe anything. They won't do any research, and they're restricting our freedom of speech. And that should not be allowed, period. End of story. Did you hear what uh, – I know you did. I know you did, but what President Trump said last night when Sean Hannity asked him the question about Hillary Clinton, he said – you know, the, the question was asked to Donald Trump. Uh, you know, do you still feel the same way? Because during your campaign, it was lock her up. Now, after you won, you 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 said no. Let's move forward. You know, and he and Donald Trump said, "Hey, I was playing nicely, you know, but no, I don't feel the same way now." Basically, he's saying lock her up. And to me, that speech has to be out there online. We have to be mm-hmm. able to disseminate it. And for them mm-hmm. to take it away without any due process, our, sec, our, our First Amendment rights is just ridiculous. And, and let, let, let's, face, let's face the facts here, that liberals label every white conservative a white nationalist or a white, or, or a white supremacist. I mean, that's what they label us as. You know, it's not true, and we know that, uh, but they, they still feel – like they have to do that, and you know, every election, they always talk about race. They always talk about how oppressed minorities are. They don't, you know, they fail to talk about on their campaign trail, you know, this time around how how the lowest unemployment for Hispanics, lowest unemployment for Blacks, lowest un- unemployment for Asians in history. All all these three main groups, ethnicities, and the Democrats still want to say, oh, they're oppressed. You know, they're they're having all this hard time. You got all these white nationalists supporting Trump. Oh, my God. The people that still believe this seriously have issues. Like, I I have come to the realization uh, that once they're too far left, they're too far gone. You cannot help these people. And as much as it frustrates me, because sometimes I want to change some of these people's opinion because they're just believing plain stupidity from Don Lemon. I can't, sadly. I can't change these people's minds, and it, it's frustrating. Uh, Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, well, the social media stuff is, is I mean, this is really critical, and I think it's important also to, to look at this. That the they're left, messing with they people's really livelihood, man. Look at their, they're taking away payment options and all that stuff for all these conservative entertainers, you know? Yeah, that's it, it's very true, and but there's also a little bit of a dynamic here where we're kind of the, the harder they reach at us, uh, the, the more obvious it becomes that they are the unhip authority, you know, and it's kind of you have the, the EU banning memes and, and these types of things. I mean, it certainly is a, a annoying, but it, it almost plays into the dynamic in place, which is that uh, we're having to become increasingly uh, hip and almost encrypted and developing our own languages and codes for communicating these things. It's forcing us to become more and more intellectually vibrant and to adapt to these things, and, and it's forcing atrophy on them. And, and they were really caught off guard by this, that actually the Internet 
this rise in, in populism, it's really almost a global phenomenon. And the Internet was a very, very uh, integral part of that happening. And that was, of course, never supposed to occur. The, the Silicon Valley dweebs, uh, you know, sort of thought that they could control the culture through the Internet. But, but the Internet has an inherent element of freedom to it. And what we see is in a, a space of freedom, our ideas will continue to excel, and that's exactly what happened. And so many patriots connected all around the country. And I don't know, you know about you guys, but, but for much of my life, I mean, I was walking around. I mean, I've never been an antisocial person. I've always had friends. But, but politically, there weren't too many people that saw the world as I did, and there was this kind of explosion maybe about five years ago where we all started connecting with each other. And uh, it was very exciting, and this really, you know, this terrifies them. Um, and and then they're, they're increasingly they're trying to 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 uh, cramp down on this thing. And uh, you know, they they do measures such as these, which are are certainly a nuisance, but it's also I think a bit encouraging to us because it shows that that we're I think that we're we're making ground and we're making them uncomfortable that we're forcing them to sort of overplay their hand like this. And I do think that that some conversations have come up about turning these things into public utilities. And I think that that's a very good idea. Again, my thing is uh, I'm sort of tired of arranging myself about how do I get under the boot of leftists that at a certain point it becomes, you know what, I don't just, I have to actually put my boot on, on them. Right. So, so maybe instead of talking about, uh, you know, just getting our free speech back. Maybe we should talk about restricting some things of theirs, some patent falsehoods. So, so instead of a dynamic where, uh, you know, we regain the right to uh, call a, a man masquerading as a woman, as, as Kevin put it, a, a man, uh, maybe we actually go to the fact that speaking factually inaccurate statements about identity or some things that we're not going to allow in, in a civil public discourse. And one of the other things I think that's happened that's really fascinating in terms of the social media phenomenon is we see this hypersensitivity to identity-based terms. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is just kind of casual, casual things. And I, I encourage people to, you know, to use the, as best language as, as they can. And, um, but, you know, some of this was just kind of common terms that we would call each other in, in friendly environments. And uh, certainly these were never regarded as uh, you know, principally foul words. I mean, we knew what the bad words are. I think actually, Rory, I think a few of them slipped out of your mouth a little bit earlier tonight. We know some words that, you know, we're not really supposed to say in, in uh, you know, in, and what you find is not only the hypersensitivity, but it, simultaneously they have actually have no regard for the real cuss words. That, you know, this stuff, so you have this real double standard where you have anything goes unless you say something unless you breathe in the wrong direction of one of our protected identity groups. Then, you know, then hold on a second. Then we're going to kick you away for 30, 60, 90 days. Then we're going to deplatform you. I was deplatformed on Twitter, you know, several years ago. Um, so, so, so I think let's, let's also have that conversation, which is, you know, what, what's going on? I mean, is, is where we return to speaking proper English? If that's what we're going to do, then, you know, that, that's okay. But, but to have this double standard where, where terms that might or may offend someone that, you know, is inclined to vote leftist is, is treated as some sort of cardinal sin, and yet we have people saying all sorts of things, talking about killing people and groups dedicated to killing other groups and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I, I, I almost want to start turning the thing around on them and, and putting some restrictions on the things that they're allowed to say and not just, you know, restoring our freedom of speech. That, that, that would be kind of 
my thing on issue by issue going across these things and not just taking their boot off of our necks, but actually saying, you know what, maybe you shouldn't have boots if that's how you're going to behave. Maybe, maybe you need to go sit and time out for 30 days and rethink your attitudes. So that would be my thoughts on it. Well said, Daryl. Perfectly said. Now, Kev, go ahead. I love every point you made, Daryl. And uh, my club this Monday had a very lively conversation on just this. And uh, I tend to lean towards the side of, uh, at the very least, we need an Internet Bill of Rights, something that would protect our own free speech because uh, we do have a First Amendment. And uh, so the older generations, they think that um, it only applies to, like, your personal speech and it only applies to being persecuted by the government. But these companies they really are the public square facebook and twitter and instagram i mean most people have them at least for for the youth i don't think the older generations really understand how pivotal how important these uh companies are um to to be interacting with and uh, to have our movement uh connect yes. together and create a unified uh, movements really so uh, what i really think uh, we need a, a bill of rights and uh if you offend the church of leftism you should not be punished for it we really need to stand strong and united together um, and really fight this right and i'll tell you you know um you know it's like the left keeps trying to change history no matter what we do they try to harass us you know like for instance and i'm going to use the proper term homosexuals they get so mad at the Christian church and they want to change the Bible and the history, you know, and they want to, you know, that, that's what bigotry is. Them trying to put their ideology on Christians and on people like that that don't follow the same thing they do. You know, usually when, when, when somebody, you know, or when somebody doesn't welcome you, usually you go somewhere else. You don't keep, you know, harassing that individual. Not saying I have a problem with gay people, but there are a lot of Christians that do. Look at the Christian Baker, for instance, that the, the gay guys made a huge uh, tantrum about how this Christian Baker wouldn't serve them because of his beliefs. That's his right. You know, we, we have our we, – Christians have history. Christians have their ideology. People need to stop trying to go in there and, and trying to change it because it's not their place. Um, I, I also want to say I really believe Facebook and Twitter, entities like that, are involved with the government. Even though it's never been officially admitted, I really think they're in bed with a lot of these politicians in D.C., and I, th- I think it goes beyond what we could ever imagine. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, well, I think that the only solution really is to make them public utilities, so there there is you know a form of protection for that, and, the, right. and that's going to happen because they they have become to a, a point where they can they can mold public perception without yeah. reality being involved in it and that's yeah. see liberals and democrats can't win rational or intellectual debates or conversations right. on science right. on on climate change on, on on any it doesn't matter so what they what they how do you win if you can't win on the facts you have to create an emotional level, which hate is the biggest motivator in, in history and in mankind, and that takes you to a point where you can't think rationally. 
So, and that's the only, and you keep that, that, and that's why they have to perpetuate this corruption or obstruction and Trump's the devil and all white people are bad. And because <laughs> if you maintain that, that level of, of hate, you, you, your mind drops back down into the rational and intellectual. And when they get to that level, they don't have anything. So that that's, yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, that's, that's their, that's their game plan. And that's what, what Republicans have to do is to to commingle factual and intellectual and rational things, but they really have to take the facts and start scaring people so that they understand in a, in beyond an emotional or beyond a, an intellectual level to see what the real ramifications for this nation and for them personally and their family and their grandkids, because that's what's going to motivate people and that's what's motivated people throughout history. Very well said. Mike Peters, go ahead. I think we've covered so many different things on here, and it's hard to take one and start at the beginning, but an overall picture would be we want to neuter the son of a bitches, basically. And the best way to neuter them is shut them up, because whenever you go up against them, and I've gone up against them in plenty of gun rallies here in New York State, when you come face-to-face with them, they're cowards. On the lower numbers, when they have numbers behind them and they have money behind them, they're heroes. All of a sudden, they think they're champions. So you take that money away. By taking that money, you neuter them. If you affect their pocketbook, their wallet, you neuter them. The minute you go after the money, that's it. Then I'll tell you what. There are so many different foundations out there that have been breaking IRS rules. Nonprofits that have been active in political issues, and they shouldn't be. It's against the rule. It's against the law that they've been allowed to get away with, it, especially under Obama, his highness. They should, the IRS should be looking into these foundations, go after the Joyce Foundation, all the rest of them, Soros, start neutering them, take the money away. When the money's gone, then you're not going to see Antifa and so many of them in the streets. You're not going to see all of a sudden when their money's affected, they're going to start dissolving. We'll see less of them and we'll hear less of them. And I think yeah, we can get back on well track if we, the money. Yeah, we, we have oh, about, one other thing, as far as as, as far ahead, as their knowledge ahead, of history and everything, as far as their knowledge of history and everything, which I agree a, a million percent on, on the, uh, about General Lee, I got in, I was into a lot of arguments, with, quite a few arguments with these people over the monuments and everything else. With the when the Confederate when the arguments were flowing on that, and they were they wanted the monuments taken down. I said, you know, who are you? I told this one guy. To, does your is your opinion mean more than an American president's opinion? No. So. Uh, why is it that when President Andrew Jackson, or Jackson on Christmas, Christmas Day, 1868, issued pardons to all Confederate soldiers who fought in, in the Civil War, he pardoned them. Now, who the hell are you to all of a sudden come here and call him a traitor? We're trying to rebuild the country. There's a section of Arlington that's for Confederate soldiers. They were Americans. They were pardoned. Grow up. Yep. Know your history. Just because you watch two or three movies on World War II or the Civil War or something else, all of a sudden you've got a PhD, you've got a degree in history? Sit down. Shut up. Bad enough. <laughs> very, very, very well said. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, we, are, we are out of time. Um, I do want, hey, Daryl, uh, I'm going to get you back on next week, but I do want you to tell everybody real quick about your, your best-selling book. Tell everybody about it. 
know. I don't know if I could say it's a bestseller, uh, but uh, we definitely sold some copies and given out several as well. And first off, Lori, I just want to say, man, it was a blast being on your program and a real honor. Uh, and to all your guests, really just such a, a fun privilege to, to be with such a, a group of upstanding gentlemen. Uh, yeah, the book Cultural Cancer, Treating the Disease of Political Correctness, I actually originally wrote it in 2014. That was the first edition. Uh, these are really ideas that I've had in my head really going back to, to high school, uh, frankly, just, just things to me that were sort of glaringly obvious that weren't being addressed by the conservative establishment and I got to this point where I started to see people finally talking about it and I said okay I want to kind of time stamp my ideas on here so I kind of published a, a, a rough copy in 2014 and in 2016 I, I added a, a few essays about the Trump phenomenon and uh, much of it I think really ties into what, what we understand as populist nationalism uh, essentially the premise is that culture is, is not something to be avoided, as we had been being told, that this was the way forward for the Republican Party was to capitulate on culture and focus on economics and these types of things. And I think that that's entirely backwards. I think that, that surrendering on culture is, is essentially the culture is, is what's driving everything and that restoring a proper uh, Christian conservative culture is, is the beginning of, of really pushing back on this in, in a meaningful way. I mean, you know, what, what does it matter how much money is in your pocket or, or, you know, these types of things when, when you walk into the cities and, you know, you don't feel safe going into a restaurant with your family, you know, I mean, we, we have such yeah. rampant social chaos and until yep. we get that under control, uh, you know, we have, we have a, 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 a media that is constantly sneering yep. on us and, and putting yep. our values down. And, and we have an academic institution that's, you know, pumping these ideas in. And, and we really need to be forceful and, and get these things out of here. That's, that's step one. And, and really most okay. of the ideas and Del, in there Del, essentially became my platform. Like 10 seconds. We, we, got, we keep going, but we got we to run in a second. Yep, that's that's you know that that's pretty much it, guys. If you're if you're hearing my voice, I love you, and uh, I, I I'm honored to be fighting with you guys, and, and look forward to talking with you more. Rory, thank you so much for for letting me squeeze in, and, and hope I didn't over talk there at the end. No, no, you're good. We're just on a timer. Um, but yeah, I'll have you back on next week. Uh, um, uh, Bill, please tell everybody where. Oh, well, actually, um, what was I going to say? Oh, Daryl, please tell everybody where they can find you on social media, real quick. You know what? Just go to DarylKane2024.com. That's going to be a portal that will get you to all of my uh, social media stuff. Uh, the platform right now that I've been uh, – that I have the most traction on, I've been deplatformed on Twitter several times, so not much there. Go, go to Facebook. Find me. Reach out to me. I do my best to communicate with everyone that reaches out to me. And okay. uh, we will be in Arizona also with Kevin and CRU and, and – uh, Patriotic Movement Arizona, I believe, oh, Patriot, and uh, yeah. look forward. To, yeah, I think I probably butchered the name, but look forward to seeing you guys there later on in April and, and working with you and again being on your program next week. All right, sounds good, man. And uh, Bill, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter at Super Elite Texan. Good show, thanks. Everybody. Kevin, go ahead. Where they can find you? Well, if you're hearing my voice, you're invited to join my uh, Facebook, Kevin DeKaifer, or you can find our group at republicansunited.org. Thank you. Dr. Branch, go ahead. Thanks for having me on your show again. Another great show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bob Branch. That's B-O-B-B-R-A. 
Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. Uh, you guys are all amazing. Uh, thank you to all my guests, all my co-hosts, all my audience and sponsors. Um, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget we are listened to on, on over 60 online platforms and, it, and listened to in 22 different countries. So on the Internet, over 60 online platforms, 22 different countries. You can find us anywhere. Please visit our media site, dnexgenusa.com. Hope you all have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Rory Sodder. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. We'll see you Monday, everybody. Cheers. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will...